Hello everyone, and welcome to the Postmodern Art Podcast, the podcast dedicated to giving artists who are wowing the world over the platform they deserve. I am your host, Nathan Raglan, and welcome to the first podcast of 2021. 2020 was an interesting year to say the least, but it's behind us now, and now we should look forward to what I'm thinking is going to be a hell of a new year. And what better way to start it than with a hell of a first guest? Today's guest is Silva Hound, a renowned EDM artist and DJ with years of experience who made quite the splash last year with the smash hit Attic featuring Michael Kovac and Chi Chi. This was a great conversation with a lot of laughs and lofty thoughts, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. If you do enjoy, like and share the podcast, subscribe on YouTube or follow on your favorite audio streaming platform. Also, follow us on Twitter at PostModArtPod for future updates and guest announcements. And now, without further ado, please enjoy the Postmodern Art Podcast. It's it's uh, my first one in a long time. Okay. Um, well, actually, no, I take that back. I did, I did um, one about half, about about four or five months ago. Okay. Um, it was very, it was very addict centric. Gotcha. I mean, this one we'll have yeah. a, a good bit of talk about Attic because you know, to be oh, yeah. uh, to be blunt, oh, I no, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. Um, I'm not object to it at all. Right, but I, I more or less just want to talk about like you as a whole, as an artist, more more than anything else. You know, like what got you interested yeah. in this stuff. You know, your influence, especially with pop culture, because in fact that a lot of the stuff you produce is based on pop culture stuff. Obviously, Attic, you know, the stuff you've made since Attic and what you're planning to make and release and such. You know, all sorts of different things like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm down. I try to have a well-rounded podcast more than anything else. I gotta I gotta say, you get some interesting guests. You got... Huh? Let's say that again? Hold on one second. Okay. Huh? Yeah, okay, I'm kind of in the middle of something. Don't be <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, that's my girlfriend. She's like, <laughs> I mean, so am I though. Fair I'm, enough. I'm, I was actually on here and I totally forgot about it. Here, it's here. Here, this was okay. I like this place. Um, it's like a Mexican restaurant. Ooh. They have really, they have they have really good breakfast. Uh, but I mean, you can pick something else. Though. Yeah. Anyway, uh, sorry. Um. You uh, said, yeah. You, you were saying that I you, did something or whatnot. You, yeah. You. Um. I, was it a producer from uh, Class of Three Thousand? He was the director of Class of Three Thousand, like basically. Yeah, the direct. Yeah, like how the hell did you get that? <laughs> okay. This is this is where uh, research and stalking really go hand in hand together. Um, it's one of those. So when I was really starting the podcast, I was thinking of like just any sort of name out there that I could try to get. And I was thinking, well, let me not just get people that I currently like. Let me get some people that, like, influence what I like. And I loved Class of 3000, like, straight up. Like, it was one of my favorite yeah, yeah, yeah. shows. So it's like I looked I, – sorry. Uh, uh, I was going to say, I really hope, like, you get, like, a, a, a larger following because, like, obviously, like, there's – you got some stuff going on. <laughs> you don't know how touched I am to hear that, like, truly. Like, that's actually – that warms me up because yeah, I like you. Sorry, you 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 you're pulling guests. You're pulling like guests that that have like previously like been like part of like projects of uh, broadcast to like 
and like the like the millions and then like i see your reviews and and like youtube is still giving me like double digits and it's like you should at least be a quad at least oh no trust me it's one of those you see the the youtube and ones my spotify slash anchor slash audio listening ones are much worse they're all double digits i think the best video i have is actually the sarah video that's partially because she was able to get it promoted on the uh has been reddit feed that's how that one got mm. big so okay yeah you it's I'm, I'm excited for the growth of this this looks this looks like it's gonna be a hot thing this is gonna be a good podcast again you'll know how much i really do appreciate that because i was like going to this one part of the reason why i was like so like nervous especially when it came to yesterday and like anxious altogether is because i think like with the joe one you've got to be at least one of like the the top you know two or three guests i've had on here so far and i'm just like Aww. i'm just like a- you know excited and you know anxious and all all the emotions <laughs> <laughs> well either way i'm honored i'm honored well, that you. that you reached out and you know i've i've had you know quite a few requests you know for like podcasts and it was mm-hmm. just like i was personally just like not feeling to do like any interviews at the moment cuz it was just like uh this could be stuff to talk about on the podcast. <laughs> that is true. That is so true. I mean, this could it, be like the actual podcast. What am I doing? <laughs> I was gonna say. I was gonna say if it makes you feel any better, I've been recording for like a little bit, like ever since I asked, "Have you been on a podcast before?" So if anything, this could be like the the prelude to it. You know. <laughs> that's that's hot. That's hot. <laughs> um, no, like I've gotten like requests before. It's just like like right now I'm I'm focusing on projects that i'll talk about later right uh and it's just kind of like you know trying to you know be a little more low-key right now but Mm -hmm. um just like going through like your podcast it's like super new but like i haven't really seen any other like art-centric podcasts you know with such a well-rounded uh cast of uh uh of uh of uh of different kinds yeah, of interviewees. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's really cool to see. I mean, that's what I try to do with this kind of podcast more than anything else. Like if if nothing else, I want to not really redefine but sort of like unveil to others like all sorts of different like artists and art out there because I mean, we all know like the big names when it comes to like, you know, certain kinds of art and certain animation like, you know, the John Kays and the the you know, BS names like that. But like mm. You know, with art, you can know about the big names, but there's a lot of people that are doing this thing, like, either helping out or, like, creating stuff that no one's really, like, discovering. And I want to try to, like, redefine, not, again, yeah, I just want to, like, redefine what art can be for people. So that's why I try to bring, like, a plethora of different people on this podcast, so. Yeah, yeah. That's a big vibe. (laughs) (laughs) No joke. I was gonna say, you know, I mean, I I got all sorts of like musicians and stuff. Like, I the, the the pilot episode alone, that was actually a close friend of mine, and he was more or less the crash test dummy to see how this podcast would work. <laughs> like, I told him that straight up, yeah, and he's yeah. like, "Oh yeah, no, that's no problem. I I, I totally understand." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was grateful. I'm glad, it, I'm glad it took off somewhere. Yes. Uh man, it was it was like literally like four month, about four or five months ago, where I was even able to like like live off of i haven't been living off my music alone mm-hmm. for very long you know i've been i've been grinding at a retail job and okay. doing uh music 
And it was literally like five months ago that I was able to finally like quit my job and pay all of my bills with the music alone. And it's crazy. That's, that's right. But, I saw it your... took, but it took like fucking like eight years or so. I was, I'll get into that later. But, oh, absolutely. No, uh, I was going to say, if it makes you feel any better, I know kind of how you're feeling right now, but like not to that extent. Cause I, I'm just starting out and you said yourself, you seen the views and such. And while you're surprised by that, yeah. you know, I, I was gonna say yeah you you're you're into you're into like hit that uh trajectory ramp like it's like it's it, it's a weird thing when it comes to like the analytic side of it like mm-hmm. like once like it really like starts becoming like a regular thing there's gonna be like a it's gonna be like, a, a little pivot where basically like the growth is gonna be exponential usually it's to somewhere around like uh x squared but it's it's basically like a perfect half parabola and it's like like if you keep this up, in my opinion, I would say around episode two hundred, you might be like in the thousands. Okay, I mean, you know, I'm not planning on slowing down anytime soon, and this is only what episode fifteen, so I think I could wait a couple of years. <laughs> but that's that, that's me being a that's me being a numbers type asshole. No, no. <laughs> honestly, I can. Com- I mean, you said yourself, you've been doing this for years now, so I completely get where you're coming from. I totally do. I was hoping to maybe jumpstart that trajectory a little bit by getting big names like you and someone that worked on, of all things, class of three thousand. Like I thought, yeah. You know. I could like. I, I, I tell you, if you were around like 2012, if this podcast was around like 2012, I know, right? you could have like, I mean, well, not even could have like you could now like I want to I want to talk about this in the podcast. OK, OK, I'll tell you what. Now, now you're there's all, a lot. There's a lot. Now that you're basically primed <laughs> up, I'm probably still going to include like if it's OK with you, I'm probably going to include like most of this bit. Like in the podcast, oh, yeah, for sure, <laughs> absolutely. But it, Joe Budden does it all the time. There you go, there you go. <laughs> I, I I had to include that a little bit with the, well, not even really a little bit, but with the the Joe Horn podcast. I don't know if you've listened to that all the way through or not, but um, Mm-mm. no, it's fine. About halfway through, like his feed, like just completely cut out, like for no like real reason whatsoever. And so we're sitting, me and my group of friends, we're sitting there for like a good like 10, 15 minutes, like BSing. But then like he comes back. And the first thing he asked is not about what we were talking about, which was like Class of 2000 stuff, but like the first thing he asked is, so what was your guys' first concert? I'm like, this is out of nowhere, but okay. <laughs> Ooh, that's a vibe. That's it a, is. That's what a heroic way to jump back in. <laughs> I, I mean, it was a good one. And even like my friend Alex, uh, he was straight up just looking at me. He's like, you know, this is going in the pocket. It's like, I'm like, oh yeah, absolutely. I'll just do like a little technical difficulties thing or whatnot, which I've learned right. instead of finding sound effects, it's so much better to record your own like technical difficulties or bleeps or stuff i found that so much funnier <laughs> <laughs> yeah kind of get that raw that raw reaction what was it with uh with very much i had to i had to censor a certain name uh because mm-hmm. like this such and such had issues with gorillas and we were talking about that and like she mm-hmm. had mentioned the name like three separate times and i'm like should i just leave that in or should i just go ahead and cut this little bit out just to be safe and she's like oh you can just censor it and i'm like more work for me, but okay. But I didn't want to do like the censored bleep, so I just went close up to the mic and I was like, "Name redacted," and it was so funny <laughs> listening to it back. <laughs> that's good. That's good. That's clever. I know, right? That's some. That's some nice. That's some. That's some nice on the spot thinking. That's good. <laughs> exactly. 
again, like it, the way it flowed in the conversation too, it's like, well, you know, I, you know, gorillas, they had some trouble with name redacted. And you know, I, I, it was my thing. <laughs> I love it. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Anyways, shall we get to the uh, podcast now? <laughs> Intro. All right, Silva, before we get started, I must, even though we're in a new year, I have to start with the same question for every single podcast. What is your most unpopular art opinion? You know what's funny? Like I was actually like, thinking on this like forever, and really? like I have such a scatterbrained skull that every time I started thinking about it, like my mind would trail off into something else. So, uh, hmm, my most unpopular art opinion, um, Basquiat is better than Warhol. Basquiat is better than War. Okay, care to elaborate on that a little bit? Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, um. Well, okay, no, I can't say that because it's like, okay, I okay, I am personally more of a fan of Basquiat than I okay. am of Warhol. But essentially, Warhol was Basquiat's biggest hero. Really? And yeah. Um, and like, cause like the, the, like the greatest, basically the greatest pieces of visual art in existence at this moment are like the Basquiat Warhol collaborations. Um, and, uh, and like the, I want to say the seventies, I think. Um, and, uh, like what Warhol bought, what Warhol brought to the art world, um, uh, was basically one uh revelation to modern art and what basquiat brought was like a whole nother but it was like the idea of it was influenced by warhol and so to say that basquiat is better than warhol is kind of unfair because without warhol there would be no basquiat as we know right uh in in the form of which we've known him um but the thing that i personally love about basquiat is the way he translated uh raw um, raw emotions and like raw stigmas and like like pure like raw like chemical feelings into art um into like in into the expressions that he put on the on canvas and it like the idea of that kind of came from warhol it's just that the way warhol did it he took uh he 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 took well-known faces and and well-known products and redefined them in a way as to uh as to uh satirize uh capitalism in general right. um and so yeah like Boscat's basically just the offshoot of that so it's kind of unfair for me to say that Boscat's better than warhol because it's like he was the literally like the 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 jumping point like <laughs> I mean, to, like, to be like fair, if mm. I was, I was gonna say to be fair. I mean, when it comes to like art in general, a lot of art is taking inspiration from other stuff. So yeah, you know, we wouldn't have Boscow if it wasn't for Warhol. But for all we know, Boscow would have probably gotten inspiration from elsewhere if it wasn't for Warhol. You know, I think, uh, I think, I could be wrong, but I think Pollock might have been a, a good reference point too. Yeah. yeah. Um. And like I think you know, and you know Keith Haring was you know doing his thing around the time too, um, so you know that, that you know that could have you know rubbed off a little bit for all I know you know, uh, but 
Uh, definitely, like the the way it's just, it's really just a, a personal taste kind of thing for me. Right. But uh, the the way that Warhol was able to uh, communicate his expression uh, is 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 amazing, particularly in a anti-establishment kind of way, and and Basquiat's blueprint talent was just kind of a a, a direct uh, birth of that anti-establishment kind of vibe that Warhol initially established in his early times. All right, then. But nevertheless, even if you don't think necessarily Warhol is, or Basquiat is better than Warhol, the fact that Basquiat was your more preferred artist, is that a hill you're willing to die on? I I'm willing to... I'm willing to take the entire population of America with me on that hill. <laughs> you know what? I and just and just Jim Jones the shit. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, should, I, should, I, should we edit that out? <laughs> eh, who knows? Let's just leave it in and see what happens. But if nothing we'll see what happens, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. We'll, do we'll, it just <laughs> we'll just re-upload. We'll just re-upload. But nevertheless, I cannot think of a better way to start the Postmodern Art Podcast. Welcome everyone to the podcast. I am your host, Nathan Raglan. Um, subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us on whatever streaming platform you prefer, and follow us on Twitter at PostModArtPod for future updates and guest announcements, including today's guest. <clears throat> he is an independent artist and DJ whose music is inspired by some of the pillars of pop culture today, from Undertale and My Little Pony to Among Us and Hasbin Hotel, the latter coming with a music video with over 60 million views. Welcome to the podcast, Silva Hound. Silva, how are you doing today? I'm doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little I'm a little off the wall sometimes, so for, for, forgive me for whatever is about to happen. Hey, you know what? That is completely fine. That is perfect with me. It is a great way to start off the new year by being a little bit off the wall. Because in fact, how not even off the wall, through the wall 2020 was. I think this is probably a good way to yeah. start things off. Uh, big vibe, big vibe. There we go. Uh, but before we get started with, you know, 2020 and all stuff like that, let's go a little further back. I want to get kind of the origin story of Silva Hound. What got you interested in music and art in general? Oh, man. Um, a lot. <laughs> um, but probably, like, the first thing was, like, family. Okay. Um, now we're we're this we're like your like classic African American Southern family, middle of uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and you know rap is like rap is king, mm-hmm. you know. So I got a lot of cousins who um, who are like into hip hop and you know and you know did a lot to uh, you know try get into that lane of music so you know i've had i've had um that's good uh i've had cousins i've stuttered (laughs) i'm sorry my girlfriend was asking for something um (laughs) that's fine um love you um but a, a cousin of mine um started you know rapping and he would produce his own beats on a old I want to say Casio. I think it was an old Casio uh, uh, piano or okay. keyboard, rather. And uh, I was like uh, eleven, maybe twelve, okay, at the time. And um, actually, no, it might have been younger than that. Let's see. 
2001. I would have been eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah, no, that's about fair. About 2005. Oh, yeah, so I was about eleven or twelve. Okay. And uh, I would like I would go in the living room. This is my grandparents' house that my cousin would do that, and I would uh, uh, go into the living room. I would, I would hop on the Casio, and I would just figure it out. I would learn it, learn how to record stuff on there, and uh, I would just like kind of start making my own little instrumentals, make my own beats, if you will. Nice. Um, so you fast forward to like 2008. Um, I download the FL Studio Trial, which is like FL. Six at the time, I think it might have just up- updated to seven. Um, to give you some context, we're currently at twenty. <laughs> FL twenty. <laughs> I need that context. Um, Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, like two thousand eight. I um, I think Soldier Boy was like the big thing right now, right. and he he uh, blew up quite considerably um, off of in made himself and he essentially wrapped on top of his own instrumentals and blew up huge um that was actually around 2006 that was around 2006 and i had basically um learned how to recreate those instrumentals on fl studio they were fairly simple they're like fairly really simple um at the you know but at the time um it was kind of like a a a it was kind of an innovative do-it-yourself kind of uh, vibe with with Soldier Boy. Um, th- there weren't a lot of people pumping out you know, the very same music that they were using instrumentals for, you know, at his at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is like pre-Twitter. It's like yeah. this is like old. This is like old old Facebook. Um, like this is like when MySpace. Facebook was like. Yeah, like lit- like MySpace was still on and popping. Like, yeah. like this was like, this is like Dig. This is like Dig era. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if anyone remembers Dig. <laughs> that was Tumblr before Tumblr. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so like, um, yeah, like his music like got around. Yeah. Like he like he was really like in my opinion, I think he was like the first like viral, um artist self-produced obviously uh self-produced artist right um he was like like the, like to get like properly like huge the way he did i think he was like the first one of his caliber and so i took huge inspiration initial inspiration from that to like learn how to do it and so i had done that for like you know for a long time and that was like in middle school going into high school um and you know, all while it's going on, I'm just I'm enamored by like all kinds of music, you know, around me. Um, of course, you know, rap is still like, you know, the main thing. But right. um, I was, you know, I was a huge TV head. You know, I watched everything that came on the TV. So um, watching Pokemon since '96. There we go. Um, and uh, well, not '96. It was like, it was like 90. '98. Yeah, like ninety eight, the game kind of came out in ninety ninety six. Yeah, I wouldn't have known about that at the time. Uh, yeah, like ninety eight, uh, ninety eight, ninety nine, Sailor Moon every fucking day. <laughs> um, it felt like it. Um, and uh, you know, so I was exposed to like just so much different music. Um, I I, I kept my ears glued to MTV and VH one and BET. 
and uh i you know i was you know i, I had a little emo phase you know uh who didn't let's be honest um, come on <laughs> yeah i mean yo who who hasn't there you go well well no no that's not true like okay growing up uh african american kid in atlanta uh in the late 90s early 2000s having an emo phase was about the weirdest shit you could do okay give me fair, and, enough. You know, <laughs> fair enough. For, you know for for someone like me you know in that part of culture at that time you know yeah. this is now this is pre mickey Nicki minaj right you know this is pre um you know, we didn't have anybody like uh, Dorian Electra now, or like, uh, or like or Rico Nasty. We didn't have, we didn't have any of those you know artists who were like really like putting that you know that that like that cyberpunk aesthetic that you know totally off the wall like you know crazy shit. You know, it was yeah. it was it was pretty much like all ratchet. <laughs> um, um, you know, for lack of a better phrase. Uh, so it was it was weird. It was weird having a like emo phase, having a punk phase, having that goth phase. You know, I had it for like a week. <laughs> um, but you know, I I definitely made friends who were like about that life. You know. Okay. Um, and so you know, I was you know, you know, I got into you know Fall Out Boy, My Chemical Romance, uh, Panic at the Disco. You know, all those guys, Coheed and Cambria. Uh, I got, got into, I got into all that shit. There you go. Um, and uh, but you know, I was still you know at home, uh, you know, work, you know, taking those influences and uh, you know applying them to my beats, trying to be as creative as possible. And um, so, somehow Tiesto snuck in there and uh, influenced me a little. Um. Cartoon Network blessed me with Daft Punk influence. Yeah. Um, when the Interstellar fifty five fifty five premiered, um, I was in love. I fell immediately in love with that. I think that was, it may have been two thousand two. It may have been two thousand two. The the video because the album came out in two thousand one. Right, right. Uh, that seems about right. I, I, yeah, I think the videos came out in two thousand two, and yeah, I was I was young. That was mm-hmm. that might not have been middle school yet that might have been elementary school uh but i was hooked and uh so you know i i all my life just all this fucking music just all kinds of fucking music just like going in this tiny little brain of mine (laughs) and it wasn't until like 2009 yeah it wasn't like 2008 or 2009 where i decided to like just like full-on go for uh edm is trying to make some like house music, uh, and I think my first stuff just kind of ended up kind of like being like some decent like trance type stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, and and the, and I I was also a furry too. Like by 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 twelve years old, I had pretty much like confirmed myself to be a furry. Uh, so it was like two thousand. Seven or two thousand eight, I found Fur Affinity, made an account, oh, and okay. started uploading my music there. Um, I met I met a, a handful of people. Um, some of those who I, I uh, still keep in touch with today. Oh, good. Um, and uh, and so it was about two thousand ten, where 
my uh, for my first initial like big break came in the form of like my little pony um where like people were watching it and people were like into it i'm just like what the fuck um and then i like watched uh i watched the second episode everyone was talking about everyone online was talking about like the first episode and how cool it was and i was like what okay whatever and then like the second episode i was like fuck it i'll watch the second episode and it was, it was like it wasn't bad it was, it was cool it was like it was like way better than like the shit that it used to be um shout out to lauren faust for that um and uh so it it like i got some it, it gave me a little inspiration to like make some music based off of uh, the characters in the show yeah. um, which essentially that was like uh, there was a furry artist uh, by the name of Renard who had made some like drink recipes based off of each pony and I thought it was so cool and I thought like the, the design of each like drink card was like so cool uh, that it inspired me to like make music off of that off of the like what song would basically like play like as you're drinking it yeah no that, that, um, that's also a good idea right there <laughs> yeah i don't I, like that's what my stupid little 16 <laughs> i want to say 16 let's see this no 18 i was 18 uh yeah that was my stupid little 18 year old brain at the time um <laughs> uh, so well no technically i was 17 because i didn't turn 18 until that december but so yeah i was 17 yeah my stupid 17 little 17 year old little brain uh thought of at the time so i did that and like before like before i did that like i was making like pokemon remixes um which would get like you know 10 views 20 views 50 views 80 views just like it was the coolest shit in the fucking world to me yeah you know uh i get one or two comments two or three comments it's like the fucking coolest fucking shit in the world this was like 2010 this is 2010 and like the the next thing i knew i made this uh twilight sparkle theme song um and it broke 100 views there we and, go and i was like okay that's cool um as it 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 uh kind of influenced me to make another one I was like, uh, fuck it, Applejack next. And then I think it, I think it made like 200 views. And then like the Twilight Sparkle song got like a thousand views. And then, um, that was like my first time ever like breaking a thousand. And then I discovered that a website by the name of Equestria Daily, uh, featured my stuff on their website. And I, and so, I found out like there's this whole fucking community of people like actually into this shit. Mm-hmm. And that's basically my initial exposure to like brony culture. Um, and so for like, from like 2010 to like, fucking I'll say now, cause I still do it every once in a while. I have been mu- making music based off of my little pony as like a musical career. <laughs> there you go. Um, essentially like it it made enough like money to like mean something and like 
yeah like i was like touring and shit it was hey. it was crazy it, it was crazy i can only imagine i just want to start off by saying real quick thank you you've answered like at least four or five questions already that <laughs> <laughs> i talk a lot no, that is perfectly <laughs> fine i love it whenever people like talk you know a lot because this is the stuff that you're passionate about this is stuff that like influenced you more than anything else like why should i stop that influence you know <laughs> yeah yeah it's I, I was literally going through like memory lane there and that's, like that's good it's crazy i was gonna say because i mean yeah. my next question was gonna be like when did it go from being a love to more or less a passion or a career which you kind of answered that with the you know when the my little pony stuff really started to the blow up and like you know you said growing up all these different pop culture references uh i do want to get one thing i know you mentioned you know being a furry as well where did the name silver hound come from if i may ask um my stupid ass thinking it was clever. Um, <laughs> like, essentially, kind of like a, a, a twist on, like, a greyhound. Yeah, um, yeah. But um, the the Silva, instead of, like, a silver, right. uh, that, that just that's just kind of like a thing that kind of came from, like, rap culture. You know? And, like, like you know, like, Busta Rhymes. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, uh, uh, and, you know, shit so, like that. Soldier boy, yeah. Right, soldier boy, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it just it just kind of comes from from rap culture. I just, and I didn't know if there was like a deep, like you know, hidden meaning with that one, but no, that totally makes sense. I completely get nah, that. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's about as shallow as it gets. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I do want to delve a little bit deeper to kind of the the My Little Pony aspect, just a little bit. Um, you said that like there was a good like strong community with it that you know helped you kind of grow further along with it to the point to where you were even featured in a documentary, a Bronies tale, um, which I think is incredible by the way. Um, I, well, uh, I was going to say how much of an influence did like the show and then the community as well. How much more of an influence did it really have to where you got to the point to where you are now, more or less. I mean, like this wouldn't happen like if i'm being 100 percent honest like attic wouldn't happen this interview wouldn't happen if like if it wasn't for milo pony um for you know as, as long as i had been a part of that community i uh you know made so many friends uh and met so many people who all had like similar aspirations um we were all like you know somewhat experienced music producers like all like into this one thing okay and like 20 like 2012 was like the first time i had you know attended a convention conventions started of, of this shit that popular like also the first real fandom to establish itself as a like as a world-renowned presence since star wars yeah it really has <laughs> i think i think you know um you know definitely correct me if i'm wrong there's like any other like media that has like influenced that as such but i think like i mean i mean like anime is like kind of like its own yeah. thing i was gonna you say know, like think... if there was gonna be anything that strong i would say star trek but that's i'm not gonna say a side product product of the star wars thing but like star wars certainly helped the star trek fandom go from it being just you know a show from the sixties that people love to a true like passion that they have. But I totally get also yeah. where you're coming from with like, you know, the, my little pony community, like truly making its presence known, like not just, you know, when it comes to convention, but 
a little bit when it comes to like you know mainstream like at least when it comes to like the internet age like they've definitely had a strong influence from what i've seen i think bronies were like among like the first if not the first among the first like heavy content creators based on fandoms you know like we you know i mean trekkies got their thing you know star wars fans got their thing uh but like anime like anime fans have like whole communities you know where there's like fans who dedicate themselves to like making music that's literally the toho fandom uh where you know they they dedicate themselves into like making um you know anime influenced music um and the art you know the art will forever be there you know the art will forever be a community on its own right um but outside of you know of like the the the, the big players cause like that the big players like furry and anime like that's just like the general thing there's never i don't think there's ever been like anything like 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 based on like a single show because like anime is like a whole aesthetic and furry is like a whole aesthetic yeah. my little pony is like literally just like this one show and it's not even it wasn't even like the 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 entirety of my little pony it was like literally like the the fourth generation yeah and, that 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 kickstarted all of this and more or less kind of an offshoot on if i remember correctly i don't know if it was on other channels but on this little network show that next to no one even heard about the hub um i don't know if it, right know, yeah and like it's incredible again like i i'm gonna be upfront and honest i am not part of that community i i respect it like a million times over mainly because of like the love and the the passion that they have for each other and for the product and like the inspiration from the stuff that comes from that stuff it's 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 a sight to behold more than anything else yeah um yeah it's because i think i well for starters like the show itself like it like the fact that it was so interesting, I think that was all just good writing. Yeah. You know, I always feel like if you write anything well, you know, people will follow it. You know, if you write anything well enough, people, you know, you, you know, if if people take time to ingest the writing, uh, whether that be a story, a video game, or a TV show, people will follow it. You know, you just have to like invest in the creative direction and the and the the integral process of writing the shit out of it and essentially mlp friendship is magic they wrote the shit out of it basically um great character development um each up each initial episode was like entertaining um and it and like it's funny because i think it i think i think a, a big a big deal of that had to do with having Lauren Faust direct uh, this iteration of it. Um, Cause she's, she's known for like um, Foster's home for imaginary friends and, oh, um, okay. and working on pop of girls with her husband, uh, Craig McCracken. Um, okay. <clears throat> and um, that, you know, those were her, those were like, that was like her resume. Um, at that time and so like she was brought on to do mlp and it it hit you know it hit different from the ponies like you know cartoon network was king you know at at the time um and and basically you know she just hit out the park again 
you know, it was just the medium that she, you know, that she, you know, put her expertise on this time, it, you know, the, 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 the audience was a lot different, but what she brings to the table is something that, uh, an audience like what I was a part of, you know, was already like into, you know, I was already fucking binging Foster's home forever. I was, you know, I, I, for, you know, I had already, uh, binged pop of girls at least three, four times in my fucking life. You know, the shit was good. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it was just, just kind of like that very same, like form of storytelling was applied to the ponies the what made it such a hit media sensation was that motherfuckers don't watch my little pony out in daylight <laughs> <laughs> motherfuckers don't do the shit on the open <laughs> you know that was that was like what the the media saw this and it was just like what the fuck is going on <laughs> and i was just and we were just out here like we will tell you what the fuck is going on this shit slaps yeah <laughs> and so and so it just influenced a lot of like a lot of like the shit was so creative. It just influenced a lot of us to like create uh, more content based off of it. And as a result, a whole entire community was founded off of the interest off of this one show. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one show uh, was catered to a, 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 a audience that was a target audience that was completely the opposite of what had uh what had been um uh, established. So the media was all over it. And um the media was all over it and uh and venues were were into it and it 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 just it all became this huge thing. It all became this huge organized fandom. And you know, I was among, you know, the earliest uh music producers to like put out content based off of it. And uh, we like the the musicians of that fandom. It pretty much like um, we we did our thing. And you know, even, there's there's like a whole new generation of like brony music producers now, like still doing their thing and still seeing numbers. And it's you know, it's just it's really interesting to you know to see that you know last you know for so long you know yeah i can i can only imagine especially from you know your shoes for being it so far i mean they they've definitely you know they're definitely out there and they're definitely producing a bunch of stuff i saw i at least through, via your spotify that like you definitely <laughs> established some yourself with the uh, equestrian stories the prelude which i actually sat down and listened to and there's some actually some like legitimately good songs like on there like dead serious like oh thank you yeah it's one because like you know i i it, it, if I'm going to do anything, I'm going to make sure that if I already appreciate them, I want to see how much more I can appreciate of a person. And like, even if I didn't know that that was like, like even taking the context out of the pony stuff or whatnot, like it's still like legitimately like good music that you produce more than anything else. I, I kind of want to ask like, you know, it could be with that one, but just in general, what's sort of the creative process for you as a producer when it comes to making music? Um, man, I hate this question. <laughs> No, it's it's not even like against you. It's like literally just like the the question itself. Like for me, it's like it's weird for me. And okay. you know, I you know, I I've I've talked to like fellow producers, you know, fellow collaborators about it. Mm-hmm. Um, like for me, it's like an idea 
you know, it's it's the idea of a song. It's the idea of the melody. It's the idea of the production. It's like, like I have this thing where I can kind of like visualize like the whole thing in my head, but I won't put it down into into physical production until like I'm like really ready for it to be made. Like whether it becomes successful or not, I hate the idea of regretting anything that I've made. No, fair enough. Fair enough. So I just kind of sit on it and wait for my mind to be like, uh, wait, I wait for my mind to be sound with the idea, uh, before I actually start like putting it down. And then like, then, then I start getting frustrated because, uh, then, uh, like I'll start working on it and it doesn't fucking sound right. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, like I, cause you know, I take inspiration from like literally everything that I hear, you know, everything that I see and, you know, like, like as far as the actual production process, I work fairly quickly. It just, it's, it's just like getting to that point that takes the most mental energy for me. Um, so I just, so like ideas, like it's like, it's coming, it's kind of coming out of the church of Kanye. Uh, um, okay. but the, the, the ideas, like ideas are king. Like the, the idea is what has the value. What makes you talented is the ability to take that idea and bring it in, you know, into the real world from your brain. And uh, so I, I foster that that idea, and I work as hard as I can to make sure that that idea uh, becomes, you know, uh, physical, you know, in its rawest form. So I just kind of sit on it for a while. That's fair enough. I was gonna say, if it makes you yeah. feel any better, that's kind of the mentality I had when it came to making the uh, making this podcast or making anything that I really do as well. Like I've been sitting mm. on this concept for like a little bit. I was initially gonna do it with like you know, producers and directors and writers and such in like the movie industry. But like, I thought yeah. more about it and I thought most of them are probably going to get their time anyway. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, <laughs> I'd, I'd still would like to have them on. You know, I'd, I'd love to yeah. have any sort of like, you know, director or like actor, like come on and, you know, chat about their stuff. But like more than anything else, like, you know, I've been thinking about it for a while and I'm like, Screw it. Let me just write down a list of people I just would love to talk to more than anything else. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a huge vibe. I love it. <laughs> there we go. Well, I mean, I was gonna also say like you know, uh, you were talking about you know like thinking about it and like settling on something. I'm gonna assume that's also the same mentality that you have when it comes to genres. Like whenever you're trying to produce like certain kinds of music and such. I remember seeing a tweet a little bit ago saying, or I like I forget what the gif was behind it or like the the photo behind it but you're talking about like you know people whenever uh they try to tell you like define what genre you're in or whatnot like what sort of mentality do you have whenever you decide okay i want to make this kind of song or i want to make this kind of music oh that was uh that was the 26th that was the day after christmas Mm -hmm. yeah um i caught so okay so that song I, I tweeted about a song. Yes. Uh, my latest song, um, I had worked with Erica Lindbeck, who is an amazing 
voice actress. Yes, she is. Um, and the stupendium. For, and the stupendium. Um, Erica Lindbeck has like a, a a resume out of this fucking world. Um, out of out of you know everything else. Um, if you've played Persona Five, she is Futaba. Okay. Um, she um she's in Final Fantasy Seven. Um, she's also Barbie. Huh? Um, she's <laughs> she's also she's also current generation Barbie. Huh? I should yeah. I should have done more research on her. <laughs> <laughs> um, like all the like the like videos, DVDs, and like video games of like Barbie, like since like I think twenty sixteen right. is uh, Erica Lindbeck. I, I, now that I think about that, that's just a million times more hilarious because it's like here she is being Barbie, being like like this nowadays like motivational person, like you could be who you truly are, and then and hell of a boss, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, she yeah, her range is it's uh, incredible, it's crazy. Um, yeah, so see, so she voices Luna in Hell of a Boss, mm-hmm. and I just had, like, I, I, I love the character for reasons other than what most people love her for. She's furry bait. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I actually, besides the furry bait, I actually was into, like, her, like, personality and character. Mm-hmm. Like, it, 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 she definitely reminded me of, like, someone, like, having like um ideas well not ideas but oh yeah ideas and thoughts and feelings about uh just kind of like being in a uh, being in a living condition where shit seems unfair Mm -hmm. but you just like fuck it you know let me vibe there you go you know what i'm saying and um you know it's just like shit like that so like it was just like a really cool um, like I, I seen the pilot for Hell of a Boss and like I, it, it just like influenced, it, it inspired me to write, uh, like the, the fact that it's rap, um, I, I, rap is to me, um, like perfect rebel music, right? Um, not, not fucking punk rock. Right. Um, well, no, no, I can't say that. I will, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll burn me at the stake for that. Um, <laughs> um, punk rock is rebel music, uh, but hip hop is also rebel music. Um, but I think hip hop is rebel music on a on in in a deeper aspect, mm-hmm. where rap came out of. Uh, Rap came out of African Americans being uh, in situations that they couldn't, they had no power in being able to control themselves. You know, like from slavery to welfare, you know, affordable housing and, uh, you know, gentrification Mm -hmm. and, you know, all you know, all of the problems that come from race relations in America and in the world, um, hip hop is a direct testament of the struggle that um, African Americans have had. You know, just try, you know, trying to fucking live. Yeah. Um, 
and so you know it you know that that's that's the that's the birth of it and so i've always felt like rap was like the ultimate rebel music mm-hmm. um because you can because you can you can be it's much easier to be white and punk rock than it is to be black and punk rock like i'm I'm just, I'm just putting that out there. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not saying you're wrong at all. Trust me. I, you don't hear. Any, yeah. You're not gonna hear any sort of you know pushback from me. So, I mean, you know, like if you feel any different, you know, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm I'm here. I'm here for the conversation. No, you know, I mean, like, to be fair, more than anything, I'm young, when, you know, I was gonna say more than anything. When has it been easier for a black person in any situation these days, especially now that you know they're trying as hard as they can to just you know climb like basically climb a, a, salt, uh, a stall, uh, tall, steep hill compared to a white guy who basically has, like, a freaking helicopter ride up to the top, you know? Yeah, and, you know, it's not even, it's usually not even, like, that, like, that crazy. It's always usually, like, in microaggressions. It's usually, the struggle is usually, like, the difference in struggle between a white person and a black person it like on the normal basis is usually it's usually just like minor microaggressions right but you know it's those microaggressions that over time you know people will notice them and people will come to understand that it comes from a place of unfairness yeah and you know it's easy to you know get frustrated about it but it's not so easy to make art based on it you know mm-hmm. um and so you know and you know so and then you know there here comes rap you know here comes rap music to kind of create that avenue you know you know for for you know for african-americans to talk about it on a on a on a platform um so uh that's that's me butchering the origins of rap thank you um (laughs) that's that that's the that's the um red carpet for me to say um i uh i paid no i asked uh erica or no i won't i won't say that Uh, no i I had a whole thing i was going to say okay (laughs) i'm not going to say it (laughs) (laughs) um so okay what i will say though um so fast forwarding back back to the question um it it being rebel music right Mm -hmm. like i i felt like that was like like for for me like that was like the perfect like canvas for for luna to you know you know put into words you know just how she felt you know, and it was it was a little like I like what I wrote was like it was like a little bit of angst, and it was a little bit of fuck bitches get money. You know, it was a little 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 bit of you know both worlds in there, um, and in and I felt like I knew that if you liked addict, you might not like this. <laughs> <laughs> I felt, you know, I felt that, you know, and, you know, it's, so what that tweet, so what that tweet was about was literally like the, like once it was, once the song was released, um, it was just, you know, I got, I got 
quite a slew of comments, both on the video and my Discord server. Uh, Just complaining about it being rap, it not being good rap, it not, like, not, like, like, the auto-tuning, like, by the way, it was hilarious. The, the auto tune comments were hilarious because they loved it on Addict. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. the exact, it's the exact same shit here. Like, <laughs> um, like just say, just say it out loud. It's the genre you don't like. The genre, like, yeah. okay, you know. Uh, so yeah, that's what that tweet was. It was like, uh, good morning to everyone except those who think I should stick to one single. There genre. you go. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was me voicing my frustration. I, that. I, um, I, I totally get where you're coming from on that one. Like, you put a lot of time mm. and effort into something that you truly wanted to, you know, bring out to the world, and people are focusing on a minute detail and comparing it to something else. I, I can get where you're coming from on that one. Yeah, yeah, um, but I, 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 I will, I'm still proud of it. Personally, you should be proud um, of it. You should be proud of it. <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, yeah, so I just felt like I felt like rap was like was like the perfect like rebel music. Yeah, like a lot. I get I get a lot of like I got a few comments, you know, saying like, "Oh, I expected it to be like rock. I expected it to 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 be more uh, like a rock song than 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 rap." And it's just like, yeah, because you, you think that rock is like rebel music, but like, hear me out. Rap is more rebel than rock is. There you go. Just yeah. You so go. that's it. <laughs> I was going to say, at least for me, you know, this isn't like your first time like delving into other genres and stuff. I was going to say, when I was listening back on your catalog, I, I, one of the songs that I instantly fell in love with was Ink Machine Gun uh, from a little bit back. Yeah. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Is that an example of Electro Swing? Because that's like the instant vibe I got off of that. That is definitely Electro Swing influenced, influenced. for sure. Okay. I, I, I did want to like make sure like there was some Electro Swing influence because... So that's a so that was that song is based off of a video game Bendy and the Ink Machine, right? And now that has a fandom that has a big a pretty big fandom. That's a good um, underground fandom more than anything else. Yeah, um, very similar to the upbringing of like the Brony culture, mm-hmm. um, uh, and that, you know that's why I say like Ponies was like kind of like the first like to 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 kind of blow up the way it did because like not too long after that you started seeing. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's fandoms, right, uh, right. Bendy and the Eat Machine fandoms, um, just like, and and then before you knew it, you know, you had, you know, at every uh, piece of media that blew up and got popular, there's a whole fandom behind it. You know, that's sort of like the concept like became cement, uh, cemented. Uh, so anyway, uh, so yeah, that was a song that was actually for a charity that oh. the game itself was hosting. Really? Um, yeah. Um, it was first released through uh, the developers um, Kinley Beast, I believe. Okay. Uh, or kind, Kindly Beast, Kinley Beast. Um, that's, yeah, that, so they released it first and then like about a month later, um, we were, we were, you know, cool with like re-releasing uh, ourselves. So that's where it came from. Um, it, uh, but the, the song itself was, you know, it's, definitely inspired by uh one of the characters in the game yeah and um yeah there, there's there's a huge like fixation for uh electro swing in that particular fandom and so i just kind of want to like wanted to like throw in like a bit of electro swing influence in there but um 
still wanted to like keep like I didn't want to go full on left field. Right. Um, I just I wanted because like I was like this was like fresh off of Addict. Oh, you know? okay. So like this this may have been like this may have been like um like a few like a couple months after Addict. Um, so you know I wanted to like you know like make sure that you know like anyone who had listened to Addict you know could in you know enjoy something in a different fandom. But you know, also just kind of keep in mind like what I made. So you know, I think I did that for a hot minute, and then like the Luna song was kind of like, yeah, I can do something totally different too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that um, yeah, the the Bendy song I wanted, I, I sprinkled just a little bit. So that's not Electro Swing, okay, like by itself, but it's definitely like a touch of that in there for sure. Okay. It's one of those, I remember, like, you know, I, I like Electro Swing, personally. Like, I remember, like, there's just not enough of it being produced out there these days. So, it's like, whenever I heard that little bit, I'm like, oh, okay. That's that's nice. That's that's a good vibe more than anything else. <laughs> there's people like um, the musical, um, there's also uh, this one artist by the name of Oreo. Okay. Uh, the, but the E is a three. Gotcha. Um, it's like Oreo. Oreo. Um, okay, they make top tier uh electro swing okay i'll definitely have to look into that i i know the biggest name that i could think of at least is caravan palace that's the one that i always went back that's to. that's one that everyone and their mother knows oh yeah <laughs> fair enough no um, it's valid though. it's valid yeah, valid. um i i just want to say is there a genre that you would like to like eventually dip your toes into at some point like just to try or is there something that you're you know maybe potentially trying to do now just to like try something a little different that I haven't? That you haven't, yeah. <laughs> or are you just kind of one of those, like, you're just always open? Like, if, if it comes to you, you'll try it. Um, sort of. Um, I mean, I don't know, because, like, I've, I've goddamn near done it all. <laughs> um, rock, pop. And everything else? No, I'm kidding. Uh, um, I, well, I mean, like, like hyper pop is the thing right now. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, you know, eventually, like, there's definitely gonna like be, like, you know, some release of mine that definitely has that in there. But I really feel like I might have done it already. Like, I've definitely had some like remixes. Mm-hmm. of my work um that is definitely like pure like hyper pop you know I've, I've definitely like commissioned some remixes of like a, a single or two um well i've definitely commissioned a remix or two like that was like definitely in the hyper pop era like for sure um so you know definitely like a single for me like for sure um but you know other than that like yeah i just you know, I just I move. You know, whatever toward uh, I, I move toward whatever the wherever the influence is. Um, you know, jazz is always you know something yeah. I think about frequently. Um, you know, I'll probably have a saxophone solo in a song. You know, at some point, you know, I would love uh, accompanied with a piano solo. solo. Yeah, for sure. Like it, it you know, it very likely happened there you know, we go. soon. So yeah. <laughs> 
Sky's the limit. Yeah, sky's the limit. I just want to throw out a possibility. This probably will never happen, but I'm saying if it's possible, like you've already tried rap, let's try to go a little bit further to some of the newest flavor, a little bit of country rap. If we're going to do it based on like popular things, hell of us get Vivian uh, Nixon, the, the voice of uh, uh, Millie. Lil Nas X, you collab, that would be incredible. I'm just saying. <laughs> this is this podcast is over. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, hey, listen, thanks for the idea. Um, <laughs> no, no, hey, I'm just throwing um, it out there. You could do what you want with it. You could take it and burn it on fire. I'm just throwing a random idea out there just to test. You know what? One. You know what? Um, Diplo. His newest project as Thomas Wesley actually has some really nice country rap in it. Okay. I'm not gonna lie to you. Okay. Uh, so like like Diplo is definitely a big influence because he is he seems like he can do just about anything. Like he goes from EDM to hip hop to to ambient. He just yeah. he just dropped the ambient album last year and no one fucking knew about it. <laughs> um to and so now like the big so now his thing is uh is uh country country edm country pop mm -hmm. country rap and it like country fusion that, that's, yeah. that's, uh, that's his thing right now is country fusion and it's it's lit it's actually like pretty good there you go <laughs> so yeah you know, I, you know I, I could figure something out, maybe. Okay. <laughs> Again, I just I just wanted yeah. to, to just, you know, toss something out there. But let's go with, <laughs> let's get away from perspectives. Let's go to the reality, and let's get to the reality of your biggest hit so far, like, without a doubt, Addict. Uh, I, I just have to know, how did the concept for that song sort of come together? Um, I had watched, has I had watched the pilot for Aspen Hotel, like, mm -hmm. sometime around, like, because it came out in December of uh, of uh, 2018, and uh, it, it had yeah. to not 2018, 2019. I was gonna um, say it was. I thought it was like October of 2019 or something like that. Either way, it was late uh, late 2019. Um, no, no, no. You, yeah, I think you're right. I think it was October, and hell of a boss. Boss came out in December. Came something. out in December. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Um, thank you. Um. So yeah, I had seen the pilot like in December, mm -hmm. or like November, November, December. I have the Discord chat. So I have to there you go. That shit. <laughs> um, but like late twenty nineteen, yeah. Um, and it was cool. It was cool as fuck. Mm -hmm. And um, I hit up my friend Chichi. Um, I made a demo. Uh, which it was pretty much like the bass chords. Mm -hmm. um, the demo I made in like uh, like a day, um, and I sent it to Chi Chi, um, and uh, you know she was definitely excited about saying I asked her to sing on it, and she was you know she was down to do that. Uh, so I wrote some stuff, um, and she sung the hook. Um, I told her it was like an Angel Dust song. And, uh, you know, we went through, like, two people uh, to, you know, see if we could get the thing for it. And, like, the first person um, agreed, but unfortunately was too tied up with their own schedule to do it. Uh, the next person uh, didn't like the profanity in it um, and didn't want to do it on the basis of that. Um, 
Which, I mean, you know, I can't, you know, I can't help, you know. Right. Um, so, um, then Chi Chi suggests, she says, uh, you want to, you want to try Michael Kovac? And I was like, uh, sure <laughs> like i like i really wasn't expecting to go that far you know i wasn't expecting mm-hmm. to go as far as to actually get angel dust on this shit um because i know like with like the pony thing um i had i i eventually like met tara strong who vo- who voiced uh oh, really? twilight sparkle and um yeah like at at, at my first convention okay. and we got to know each other and you know uh over time um she agreed to collaborate with me on a song then oh, okay. um just like yeah i was like 2012 um old old ep bass rocket um so that was like my first collab with like a big name mm-hmm. um um uh voice actors um technically second because i have another collab with another person on there who was who who was a lot smaller in popularity then than she is right now she's now she's fucking amazing okay Um, uh which we could probably get into that in in a minute uh (laughs) but um so you know the, you know definitely hadn't been my first time working with a voice actor but it was just like it was uh, it was left field for me because i was just getting into this yeah you know so it was just like you know the fact that you know she had contact with michael was like like it it, it threw me for a loop and i was like okay sure yeah you try you know i you know i was you know like why not yeah you know, i wasn't expecting you know the world you know uh but he agreed but he agreed and so I, you know, sent them the the uh, demos, sent them the lyrics, and I think we got it done in, like, early January. Okay. Um, had my buddy Coda uh, fire up some visuals for it, um, and it was out on Valentine's Day. Yeah. Now, yeah. Valentine's Day, I worked at, I used to, so I used to work at uh, Auntie Anne's, you know, pretzel place. Okay. In the middle, in the middle of my local mall uh was not a great job um um and so i i used to work from nine in the morning to nine at night and um i used to take the uh bus the marta bus that uh goes right up the street so i I got off about 10 about 10 o'clock well no i got off I got off the job. I got off the bus at 10 o'clock. got off the job at like 9. Uh, I was on the bus about 9.30. It was about 9.30 at night. And I get a message from Michael. Uh, like, the song's out. It's been out for like a few hours. It's doing crazy fucking numbers. Like, <laughs> like about like a thousand views like a, 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 a minute. Well, not a minute. A th- no, a thousand views. An hour. No, 10,000 views an hour. There you go. Yeah, it was like ten thousand views an hour, and I had never seen these kind of views before. <laughs> um, so you know, I was excited. You know, the song was out like by like six o'clock. Yeah, you know, but I hadn't really paid attention. You know, uh, you know, until like I got off work. You know, by then it was like at thirty thousand views. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Because <laughs> uh, like right before then, like my previous release was like sitting at like twenty thousand. Right. Right. And out, and it was out for like a good month. 
so yeah, so I'm on the bus about nine thirty at night, and Michael messaged me, asked me if, asked me, uh, well, tells me that Viv wants to talk to me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, you know, I I I, you know, I try to be as chill as possible because you know you you try to play it off and be chill with these types of things. Yeah, um, cool about it. <laughs> yeah, and so yeah, we. Uh, uh, she sent me, yeah, she sent me a, a, a what you call it, Discord uh, uh, friend request, mm-hmm. accepted it, and you know she just let me know like she was, you know, she and her team was like really enjoying the song, and she basically just straight up asked me, you know, if it would be okay if they made a video. And I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> Can you do that? <laughs> um, and yeah, it took about five months. It's like, you know, from start, to, you know, from storyboard to finished product it was like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, like, that's fast. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, the rest is kind of history from there. Yeah, no, no joke. That I can only imagine. Like how I, I had to ask, how surreal has been like just the experience as a whole and kind of the reaction as a whole from it being just you know this this fun little fan song that you want to do to this basically like YouTube mega smash hit among like a strong animation community. Uh, I quit my job. Yeah, as a result of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know there's that um but no um with the with the community that i'm in now like the so like i've been like in like the like youtube like nerd core music community mm-hmm. um for like a little bit for like maybe a year um i met like most of these people at a local anime convention uh in 2019 um, and, you know, I, you know, I went in there, you know, with aspirations of like, you know, like being, um, the, being a, a big, like, um, a, the EDM guy. Cause like there, you know, there's lots of pop in the community. There's lots of rock in the community, but not, not, not a lot of like mainstream EDM people in the community. So it was like, I time to Um, <laughs> but, um. But no, it was just a really nice community of like like-minded music producers. Right. And you know, now that I had um addict out, I saw a lot of these people and I saw a lot of like even bigger people like in that community like making covers of the song and like just like spreading spreading it out and it was just really crazy. Um like I had gone from like, like watching like Caleb Hiles for example. Um, I like I watched him perform uh, at MomoCon uh, 2019, and then all of a sudden, like he's doing a cover of Attic, and it shocked the hell out of me. Yeah, I was like, dude, you didn't tell me. <laughs> so you wanted it to be a surprise. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> um. So it's it's it's. It's um, it, it's a lot has been a lot. A lot has happened. A lot has transpired, you know, since mm-hmm. Attic. Um, really, I'm just, you know, I'm I'm thankful 
Um, but also I'm just, you know, I now have an opportunity to kind of use it as a vehicle to continue on, you know, my music career in, you know, much similar fashion to what I did with the ponies, just kind of use that to, uh, to expand my own audience, you know? Oh no, I, I can, I can only imagine where you come from. I can tell you right now, at least for me personally, I'll be upfront on I, I'm not going to say I, I've never, I've always like paid attention to EDM, but I've never been like a huge fan of EDM as a whole, but like mm-hmm. that song, it, it just hits different, you know, like, I don't know if it's like the vocals that you have along with it or something like that, but like, it's gotten me like, it's gotten me addicted to be blunt. Um, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I think like, I, I'm trying to take an approach with EDM that most people don't really take with it. Um, like, I'm trying to take a artistic approach to mainstream EDM. Like, I'm trying. Like, I like I, I like people like Porter Robinson, Maddion, and um, um, and and the like. <laughs> Names are foggy right now, but um, there 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 are so many like big name like EDM producers who are like kind of like taking you know their own adaptation of edm and like you know forming these really interesting you know stories and you know uh just really like making some amazing bodies of work with it mm-hmm. i want to do something similar to that but i want to use like mainstream edm sounds like shit like martin garrix and tiesto and whatnot and uh i want to um, I want to take it and I want to transform it in a way that hasn't been done before. So it's to kind of like blur the minds of like mainstream and, um, indie. Um, and, um, honestly, I think addict was kind of like me doing it correctly. <laughs> um, I think, I think, I think I figured it out with addict. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, then comes an internal struggle with me where it's like, you know, now do I just keep writing addict over and over again, or do I alienate what little audience I've just uh, amassed by doing something totally different? So far, I'm doing both. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. I was gonna so far, say, I'm doing both. Uh, I was gonna say, like, you know, to go a little bit, you know, further. Like you said yourself, you want, you know, you got this new audience now. You you haven't really slowed down at all. You've released at least two new songs since addict um the fire and root of all evil i do want to say the fire this is gonna be a very unpopular opinion with many people i actually prefer the fire mm. more than addict that's just me personally mm. like I don't, okay. I don't know what it is like i don't know if I, I i really don't know what it is but it's like ever since i heard the like with Attic, I had to warm up to it a little bit. I'll be honest. But when it came to the mm-hmm. fire, like I, it just clicked with me instantly. Like just how it was, and I hadn't even played the game that's attached with it, Helltaker. Um, how did that sort of, uh, how did that song like come to be? If I may ask, I uh, I never played Helltaker, <laughs> um, but I, I've you know I've seen video gameplay of it. You know I've watched the whole thing, um, and. You know, it's de- you know, I definitely do want to play it. You know, at some point, it looks like a nice little puzzle game. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
the 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 characters and the story was really interesting and um and like i i i had a little melody in my head and like uh that was that just kind of inspired that came from that inspiration came from Helltaker. Um, I was just kind of like thinking about like the concept of like going to hell and like forming a harem with these demons, like just like doing that. And so like, I just, I I just like jotted it down in my head and in my phone. Um, I jot all my lyrics down in my phone. Um, I have a little app called color note. Um, that I wish they would hurry up and bring to iOS. I was gonna say it's funny. Um, I think I had the same thing from. I, I have. A, I think I had the same one. Probably. Maybe. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a great note app. Yeah. Um, and um, uh, so I jotted. You know, like that the initial melody was like. You know that I don't know where it came from. Like I just thought of it, and like that whole little chorus was like all I had like in my head for like probably like a good three months and um it really does stick with the person (laughs) yeah and uh i uh reached out to chi chi again and she's a she's a good friend Mm -hmm. um i love her and uh i just i hit her up i was like i i can't i can't i can't finish it i I can't write anymore (laughs) can you help (laughs) (laughs) uh so uh she she helped me out with it um it, it it was a it was a it was a full on, um, like collab collab. Um, and uh, she wrote, I wrote, and uh, and yeah, uh, it, it, and what came out came out. Um, but it was it just started as a, like a neat little idea. I mean, it was and, certainly uh, a good idea that know. definitely took root. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's what happens. Like it for me, it's like it's always like little ideas. It's always little like small ideas that like just kind of rattle around in my head. It's all it's usually it's almost it's not always, but it's almost always like the chorus, yeah. uh, and it, it 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 rattles around in my head, and sometimes I'll be there for months. Sometimes I'll be there for like a few days, you know, and I'll and I'll like have a whole song ready. Um, but yeah, with, with the fire, it took, it took at least, at least three months. <laughs> well, I was going to yeah. say, like, you know, you mentioned a little bit with having like that course stuck in your head. Does the same thing sort of happen with like instrumentals and such with like other songs and such? Like you have a certain like chord or a certain like set of notes that you want to like try and play around with, like based on a property or something. Funny enough, that was Addict. That, that was, was Addict? Addict? Okay. Um, with the, with, the, it was the melody, um, I, I hummed it and I was walking uh, uh, from I was walking from work. Mm-hmm. It was a Saturday, so I got off about uh, like three o'clock uh, oh, in the wow. afternoon. So uh, it, was, it was it was relatively sunny, um, and it was just like, and that was like November, I think. That was like October, November. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's just I, like. I, I, I have I have like a bunch of melodies recorded <laughs> in my phone. It's it's like nothing but like me just humming, and uh, you know, um, I have ideas for like other songs, and then like, cause like I have like I sometimes like a, a melody 
like pop out in my head for like mm-hmm. no reason and then like i'll think like oh that's a good idea i'll i'll, I'll say that for later and go. then later comes and lo and behold it's gone oh. <laughs> i can't think of it anymore <laughs> and for me like it it just it really just feels like a potential like a potential work of art just gone you know and i hate that <laughs> uh, I can only imagine how how frustrating that could be for you. Yeah, uh, so that's what. So the attic was just like it was a spur of the moment, like recording of that melody, just humming in my phone, and then finally got home and produced it. And well, you know, a spur of the moment spawned into an eighty million dollar or eighty million uh, view video <laughs> or sixty million view video. Right? <laughs> Crazy. I I swear I didn't plan any of it. <laughs> Mm, oh man! Mm. If if only random ideas I came up with can, at least got a million views, I'd be a happy person. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I feel that though. I feel that though. It's it's it's, it's one of those things where it's like, um, you know, like I want to like have a formula for success, you know, so that I can continue to you know profit forever. But at the same time, that's not what this artistry is about this artistry is about the expression that comes out of a of a of a of a of a of a a, um natural idea yeah you know it's a it's a natural growing of an idea and it's like you know i would it would be disrespectful to the process if i tried to milk it you know that's why i I struggle you know ask like do i want to like write addict again <laughs> you know or do i want to or do i want to alienate what little audience i just got by making something else <laughs> i mean you know fair and enough. so I, mm-hmm. I, I just for me like whenever you say that kind of stuff my first thought is like always like a one-hit wonder like if you ever see like any sort of like discography for a one-hit wonder their number one song is obviously the one hit, but then you have like five other ones that are just remixes or redos of the song that they do. And they're able to coast off that. But meanwhile, you have like artists out there, like, you know, I forget the name, but like, you know, Kanye or like Jay-Z, stuff like that, to where they're always like, ex- or even like Kendrick Lamar, to where they're always like experimenting with their stuff. And like, it may alienate some, but like for the most part, like whenever they try something new, people are going to notice one way or another, you know? Yeah. Like I, I usually stuff like that. Stuff like that is usually that's us that usually comes off of like trial and error. Yeah. Um but it's but you know, those are like rare. Like Kanye, like from like ninety nine was like making like pretty fire beats and then it was like two thousand two where he was given the chance to prove himself with, with rapping. Mm-hmm. And what what I love about Kanye is that he he got hella pushback yeah you know like he like people were like really at him like just saying like he, oh he's got the best beats in the world but his raps his raps and eh. mm-hmm. but he just he kept going and going and going and like eventually like you know his lyrics like struck the right chord and like he just kept on doing that and honing his craft and so i think i just gotta hone my craft and just keep on going and doing what i think is right you know there you go i mean i i'm probably gonna be one of you know well i don't know yeah i'm gonna be probably one of thousands if not millions at this point it's gonna say this you should definitely keep doing what you're doing i mean it's it's like even attic aside there are legitimately some really good songs in your catalog that i've you know that i listen to and stuff and stuff that i've like you know integrated to my own like playlist and stuff to listen to more often because it's like legitimately like 
it, it's it's almost refreshing, you know, like seeing this kind of mm-hmm. like love and appreciation, like for both music and pop culture in the same vein, you know. Yeah, yeah, I'm you know I'm I'm excited for what the future holds. I just I keep on pushing. <laughs> Uh, I miss your face, by the way. I know. No, it's one of those. Oh man, like my webcam is like messing up big time right now for some reason. Like my usual webcam, I couldn't find it, so I had to go with this backup one for a second. Hold on. Cool. I-, I talked about the fire, and you mentioned Root of All Evil for a second. Um, I <laughs> I-, I do want to indulge back into it just for one more second. I do want to say, like on its own, it's a really solid song. Like I I I was one of the ones that enjoyed it. I know you said you got a little bit of blowback for it. But, um, but, um, uh, what, uh, dang it, words are wonderful. This happens like almost every podcast. (laughs) I feel that. I feel that. I feel that. (laughs) Um, come on, Nathan, you got this. You got this. Root of all evil. You got this. I believe in you. Uh, oh, okay, so like Root of All Evil, like it's it's this nice little like dip and divulge into like a genre that you were familiar with, but one you haven't really like truly experimented with. Like, I, I this is gonna be an obvious question, but like, how satisfied were you with like the end product of it? Um, and like, is it something you'd love to like indulge in more? Well, like I started making this. I started making hip hop. Okay. Like I started like in like like but it. It's not what I blew up with. It's not what I got my first big break with. Right. But it's like the very it's the very first genre that I made, like mm-hmm. in two thousand six. Um I you know, I know hip hop like the back of my head. There you go. You know. Uh so, you know, that's that's in my blood. I can't get that out again. You know, that's something that I just can't, you know, let go of, you know. Like um EDM is definitely like my passion. Um, but hip hop is my culture. Okay. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's a little bit, goes a little bit further than, um, you know, my passion for EDM. But I mean, with that said, you know, I, you know, whatever I like, you know, is what I'm going to make, you know? Um, so, you know, I, it's that, de- you know, I, uh, it's definitely not going to be my last like rap song. Okay. <laughs> for sure. I mean, I know, at least for me, I'm certainly excited to see what's next. Um, speaking of, like, I want to divulge to stuff that's, like, in the making, particularly one album that you teased about that's years in the making, so to say. Can you, like, divulge a little bit more to, like, what this, like, album that you, no, correct me if I'm wrong, this is, like, the essential, like, Equestrian Stories album or something like that, or? Um, yeah, that one took about, three what, what you mean like the one that's supposed to be after that or like this one like the 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 one that's supposed to be after that that you haven't released yet <sighs> okay <laughs> <laughs> no there, there's no you're you're that's a totally valid question um essentially like i had an idea i had ideas for like this big ticket that's you um yeah essentially I had ideas for this like big grandiose like brony EDM album. Okay. And I had already came up with like singles and whatnot and collaborations. Um what essentially happened was so like I think it was like twenty I wanna say like twenty yeah, about twenty fifteen to twenty sixteen I had these singles lined up for it. And um 
and like you know I, I had plans on you know making like this big grandiose album as i got really um overwhelmed with everything because it was between that it, you know some internal drama um uh trying you know trying to work a job um you know trying to actually earn some money uh because the money i was making at the time was good money um but it wasn't it wasn't like uh self-sustaining money right, you know right um so you know i i i essentially had to you know take on other avenues of uh of uh making some money while i was you know working on this music and so you know i got a job and you know it was you know it, it all became just like way too stressful uh for me to like try to like um because like then i found myself like releasing singles like little random singles mm-hmm. uh you know for uh you know little you know little extra uh uh finance and yeah. So yeah, it, it just it got all oh, like too stressful, and like like most of the album is like done. Um, well, I won't say most of it; like over half of it is done for mm-hmm. sure. Um, but like a good chunk of it is like either like completely like it's like in still in work in progress phase or have barely been like fleshed out. Gotcha. Um, and what sucks is the majority of them are, like all like ideas that i definitely like have a like good understanding of it's just i need to take time to like like flush them out and these are like at this point like five six seven year old ideas you know (laughs) and um so now i'm just kind of like i you know now it's like i don't know you know now it's it's in limbo it's it's currently in limbo and because uh, I have other releases now um, that I definitely want to focus a lot more on, and um, and you know, as far as this Pony album is concerned, we'll we'll see what happens. For all we know, this could eventually be your edition of Detox by Dr. Dre, the the album that's supposed to come out. Essentially, <laughs> assen- this is how Detox. This is exactly how Detox is made. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Oh man, it's weird. It's weird, like seeing those kinds of albums and like yeah. being on the other side, and it's just like, damn, what the fuck is taking so long? And then, and then you get to the other side of it, and then it's like, oh, that's why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. I can only imagine if I was to walk a mile in your shoes. But you know what? It, I mean, as an artist, you should be free to express yourself however you want, whether it be focusing on this album or working on other stuff. And you mentioned it, but like. What kind of stuff should we anticipate from you in the near future? Um, I'm uh, definitely um, doing a lot of. Uh, I'm going full in right now on like the EDM stuff. Okay. Um, and uh, so you're, you're definitely gonna you know hear a good old house from me. Um, a little electro stuff. Okay. Um. Definitely expect some dubstep, some trap, some mid tempo. You know, just all of it, just all of the EDM spectrum. You know, I definitely plan on um, exploring all you know all these avenues um, in upcoming releases. Um, but you know, I won't. You know, like as far as like 
you know, like little influences, you know, I, I definitely, you know, don't plan on, you know, you know, staying too close. You know, I, I, I do plan on, you know, getting inspiration from near and far. And, uh, you know, I definitely plan on to like turn up in future projects. So, you know, you know, like the, the, I, the main ideas are there, but as far as like the textures and little ideas, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Okay. Um, well, let's do, Let's delve away from like what you are working on. Let's focus. I want to take a little moment to to ask this fun little question that I love to ask, like people making yeah. stuff or whatnot. Let's say mm-hmm. that I am this prestigious music producer that gets to you know goes up to me and be like, I have connections with everyone, and I mean literally everyone in the music community. What would be a dream collaboration that you would love to do? What's my dream collab? What is my dream collab? Or or if not dream collab, like what would be like the ideal like producing job for you? Like I would love to produce an album for such and such. Like either one. Um I would love well, for as far as that goes, I would love to produce an album for Shichi. Okay. Um but we've talked about that already. <laughs> um I'd love to see but... that because Chi Chi's got a wonderful voice, seriously. Like uh um, I, I don't know if this is unpopular, or not, but she's a very like underrated singer. Like seriously, yeah, um, she's she's amazing, and the the, the popular opinion is that she's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I, 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 I've told her like it's album time. <laughs> yeah, it's album time. Um, but like, I mean, as far like other than that, like maybe like I, you know, I've always said like. Uh, like I could write Kanye his next hit album. I okay. could do it. I could. I could easily do it. Okay. You know, um, like I know exactly what the next Kanye album like needs, and I, you know, I, I could be the executive producer of Kanye's next album. Um, okay. Dream collab, Kanye. <laughs> okay. Um. That kind of goes without saying, um, but really, really, honestly, I don't really have a dream collab. Okay. I guess Kanye would be that dream collab, but like, like I, you know, there's so many like fresher faces that I would also love to uh, collab with. Um, Dua Lipa, yeah, um, that's amazing. Um, Sam Smith. Oh, don't I would love to do a. I would love to do a song with Adele. Oh, that would be interesting. I'd love to see oh. that. I would love to do a song with Adele. Um, Skrillex. Okay. okay. Yeah, Skrillex is you know Skrillex is all is always like on his like he he's always exploring different genres and you know he's 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 got that infinite well of creativity and I would love to you know work with him. Um, Daft Punk. <laughs> they're they're cool. just they're just gods in what they do. Yeah. Um, those are like my like dream collabs. Okay, I would say, yeah, I, I I would love to see just any and all of them. Like seriously, especially like the Kanye ones, the one that's got me like most curious more than anything else. Because like Kanye's always like been experimental with what he does in one aspect or another. So I would love to see what you would bring to the table. What Kanye would like to like mesh with with that sort of collaboration. I figured it out. I figured out his system. I, okay, like after like going for years, I have finally like figured it out okay and it's a long winded it and uh a long drawn out explanation that i'm not going to get into right now fair enough uh, <laughs> but, um essentially there is a time where 
Kanye is taking in information and there is a time where Kanye is giving out information Mm -hmm. and in order to be able to predict his next hit you kind of have to look at the culture of the world at large okay and you have to kind of play numbers with that because if you look at his discography from the first album to the latest Mm -hmm. it's all it's all a, a consistent trajectory of um of ideology to ego okay and you just have you have to it, it's it from there once you map that out it's all linear and then so you just kind of have to like be smart about what ne- what comes next fair enough although i do want to say consistency with kanye Huh. Word I never thought. I know that, but that's the thing. That's that's part of the that's part of 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 hit of what makes him tick. Yeah. His consistency is inconsistency. Okay. Okay. No, that's, I, I, that's part of it. I get where you're coming from. All right. I I, I respect that. And there okay. is, and there is a and there is a certain amount of inconsistency. Uh, into to his prior album that is a direct ratio of you know with each release mm-hmm. um it's a direct ratio of what kind of content to expect from you okay and uh that's that's kind of that's kind of how you play that <laughs> all right then but that's just a base explanation <laughs> fair enough no that, that's more than i expected to to hear about when it comes to kanye because i listen to a lot of this stuff so i mean i i i like thinking back on it and looking at like how he's released stuff or whatnot i i kind of see where you're coming from mm. i kind of see where you're coming from um yeah well i want to ask this question now like you already got like these dream collaborations mapped out or that you would love to have you have all these like future projects that are in the works right now let's go a little yeah. further where where do you hope to see yourself maybe five ten years from now hmm five to ten huh <sighs> famous hopefully <laughs> you're not already um, <laughs> no <laughs> um i'm popular i'm not famous um <laughs> don't get me wrong i'm grateful for each and every fan that oh, I... follows me you know um but um you know i don't i don't chase fame you know um i know what fame can do mm-hmm for me and I know what I want fame to do. The problem becomes trying to stay within try, the problem is trying to stay between those two areas uh, evenly. Um, most people just kind of like make a hard left and a hard right and um, you know it it, it, it it hurts them you know um, so my hope is that you know I don't experience well not my hope isn't that I don't experience it. My hope is that I navigate it accurately. Right. Right. Okay. So, um, yeah, popular, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, more popular. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, that's fair enough. Yeah. That's fair enough. Um, with that, I have that's all. Well, I have one last question I need to ask, and I ask this for almost every single guest. I forgot to ask this once or twice, but you know, as an artist yourself, you know, in many different. Uh, many different senses of the word. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's easy for you to to say that art is very important, but how important is it? How important is art for you, but also for the world as a whole? 
art art we as a species cannot live without art we as human beings with our brains with our way of development cannot exist in in this current um we as humans cannot exist the way we do and the and the way we want to without art um art is art imitates life life imitates art art is like art is the influencer okay um art art is the messenger um art is the method of communication um everything we do i don't think one thing people don't realize everything we do is art speaking is art yeah how we speak how you know how we you know like voice actors are performing an art and it's an art that we don't pay attention to because we do it on a daily basis but we only have one mode of communication uh well we nor we naturally only have one mode of communication voice actors uh are voice actors learn how to how to communicate in multiple different modes that's when we talk about how good uh, voice actors we talk about their range mm-hmm. you know among among other things of course but we talk about their range we talk about how many different modes uh a voice actor can go in um art is you know art is words are art whether spoken or literal or literary um you know every book is a work of art every book is a collection of words that we know um in our uh in our uh understanding of human language um that all come together in a different in a very unique way to convey a message in the form of that author's choosing that is an art that is communication that is that is that is uh that is storytelling um and you know there's always visual art um you know visual art you know that's that's you know that's it's fucking art yeah. <laughs> well no art, you, know, you know art your visual art you know paintings and pictures um you know they all you know they say pictures worth a thousand words pictures are worth as many words as the human mind can think of when taking in that piece of art yeah um and that and and that's either to convey a message of of uh, humor, a message of seriousness, um, a message of directive, a message of of parody. Um, you know, the, the art is the great communicator, um, and we cannot live as we do without it um art is necessary to the human race and so as we 
develop as we um you know as we go you know as we grow you know as we get further in our you know age Mm -hmm. we develop new ways to communicate we develop new ways to you know put out ideas of you know we we put out new ideas in new ways that other people haven't been able to do before um and you know that uniqueness is important to the human race because that uniqueness is what gives us what gives the human race that extra avenue to be able to communicate more ideas than ever before you know i you know as i said earlier ideas are king you know, ideas are what are what are, are ideas are the seeds of creation you know and art is the communication of those ideas so yeah, that's that's me. That's me. My my discount Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say like quite you know, I, I I'm at a loss for words honestly because I I mean I always ask that question but I never anticipate like such a, a deeply thought out and like super like inflective like message like that. That was wonderfully <laughs> worded if I say so myself. That is that's great usage thank of you, your art you. right there. <laughs> I like art. I like art. I I like to I like to finger paint. No, nah, it's a little, a little better than that. <laughs> I was gonna say I like art too. That's why I have an art podcast where I bring on people that are incredible artists, such as yourself. But with that, Aww, thank you. With that, I'm all out of questions. Um, Silva, I just want to say real quickly. Uh, first off, it has been an absolute blast to have you on the podcast. This is I, I don't know what I was expecting, but this was a million times better than what I was expecting. <laughs> um, Aww, thank you. Um, but I also want to say, like, you know, it's it's incredible to see, like, you know, I, I, with any sort of community out there, it's always incredible to see people, like, sharing the same interests as yours. And to see you take that interest and turn it into a passion that creates such incredible art, it, it's wonderful to see just, like, how far you've come so far. And, like, I, I, I know that this popularity, like, this flash of it must be, like, overwhelming at times for you and such. But I just want to say, like, it's incredible to see it. Um, especially like as, as prominent as it has been. And I honestly cannot mm-hmm. wait to see what's next for you. It's absolutely incredible. So Aww. thank you so thank much. You. Thank you so much for taking time. I really do appreciate this from the bottom of my heart. Uh, thank you, dude. This was, this was good. This was fun. I don't, I don't do enough of these, <laughs> but then again, there aren't enough of these that are as good as yours. <laughs> oh, you're just trying to butter me up at this point, aren't you? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> nah, nah, I mean it. <laughs> I I really do genuinely appreciate that. Go ahead and plug yourself for the people down below. <laughs> um, silverhound.com. That's it. <laughs> you know what? Well, oh wait. Um, okay. Root of all evil is out now. Mm-hmm. Um, go check it out. Um, Erica Lindbeck, the Stupendium, amazing artists. Uh, did an amazing job. Support them. Support a hell of a boss and support me. <laughs> did not expect that last little bit but i will be sure i will be sure to at least link the the video and some of the other ones as well as your website down below to where you can get all the links on his website um yeah yes. um do you have anything le- do you have any last word before we sign off um Corona ain't over, motherfuckers. Wear a mask. Wear a mask. <laughs> That's it. 
Corona ain't <laughs> over just because you over it. <laughs> exactly. Facts. <laughs> Facts. I got like I got like ten or so different masks over there. So like, trust me, I'm more than prepared. Well, I'm not gonna say prepared, but I'm more than uh ready. Uh, yeah, more than ready. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's a vibe. <laughs> there we go. There we go. But with that, all I have left to say is, "Os the wig, amigos." Yeah. Ha, 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 ha.